Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 216. Opportunity dances with those on the dance floor. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Lisa Noble. Lisa, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I'm in the cockpit, the mirror's adjusted, belts are tight, let's go. All right. As they say, green, green, green. Lisa Noble is the president of the Sports Car Club of America, better known as the SCCA. She's been a nationally licensed motorsports driver since 1992. In addition to her passion for motorsports, she's an artist and a sculptor. She's on the board of trustees for the Motorsports Hall of Fame, And in 2014, she was recognized by the Women's Sports Foundation and given their award for cultural change in the motorsports world. She's also won the SCCA Historic Kimberly Cup, held multiple track records at Sebring, Hallett, and the Heartland Park, and she was the first woman to earn a national race win in a Formula V. Lisa, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit about your history your career, your interest, and, of course, your passion for automobiles and racing. Certainly, Mark. I think that probably everybody thinks about their, their beginnings, and I was very fortunate to have two parents uh, who were entrepreneurs. My dad was a wildcat oil man, and if anybody knows what that means, it's a, it is a, a risky and very self-starting entrepreneurial kind of job. My mother had her own businesses, and I was a up-by-her-bootstraps kind of a woman. So whatever we had on our dining room table was, uh, was money that we earned. We never had salaries. We never had uh, uh, those kinds of things to count on at, at growing up. That is the way that uh, our family, the, the way that I was raised and the way that our family knew about living and, and making a living. So as I, as I grew up, I ended up uh, uh, owning several businesses of my own and my husband Bill and I had Noble Racing and Noble Auto Works in, in, uh, here in Kansas, which was uh, something, once again, that we, that we had uh, as an entrepreneurial business. At one point, we ended up selling all of everything. In 1985, we sold everything that we had 
in the race business, and I started a chain of five jewelry stores across the Midwest. Wow. Bill was uh, was the, was the buyer, and uh, went to we we both went to New York. Uh, he he was a he was the wholesale dealer. I opened the stores and ran them on the retail end. So once again, hearkening back to my mother and 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 her skills in in retail for, for that. Over the years, was lucky enough to purchase some real estate and uh, uh, enjoyed doing some real estate trading, buying and selling, and developing over the years as well. But you mentioned something. You mentioned my art uh, interest, which which came to me later in life. Yes. And have really enjoyed until the last couple of years, when I haven't had time to do it, (laughs) uh, doing some very abstract sculpture work. Uh, It was a way for me to use some remarkably used some of the skills that uh, that I had developed in in other sports so not just racing but uh, uh, I was also uh, a competitive archer for several years and and had the uh, was lucky enough to win some championships in archery and uh, did a lot of competition shotgun sports those things all fed into my racing career as far as skill level focus determination, etc. But remarkably, they fed into art as well. So uh, just being able to, to draw on that pinpoint focus and, and learning how to concentrate and really absorb, become what I was doing, uh, I think made a difference in my art career as well. One other thing I'd like to mention. Yes. I'm a big music fan. I will travel for music. I love the blues. I'm, I, was, I used to be a rock and roll kind of a gal. Had some great friends in national bands across the country. One of them was Little Feet. Uh, some of your listeners from who are as old as I will maybe remember the Little Feet, but they still tour. And uh, I did uh, uh, did some motorsport marketing work for them, and and through them got to meet a lot of wonderful musicians as well. So art, music, and racing. I think uh, art, music, racing, and family describe my life. Very, very interesting background and so diverse. Bit of a Renaissance woman, if you will. You see, <laughs> seems that you've gotten your hands involved in so many different things throughout your life. And that, that's the great thing about having guests here on Cars Yow. While we're all about cars, I learned so many different facets of people's past and present and future. And I think that's what's really cool. And I love the entrepreneurial aspect of your upbringing and your life. That's another big piece of what Cars Yow is all about is finding people who figured out how to wrap their passion for cars into their vocation. I think that's fantastic. And we're going to learn a little bit more about you as we move along. But I always like to start by asking my guests for an inspirational quote. This is something that's been part of their life, part of forming their success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. I know you love to drive. So Lisa, take the wheel. It's easy, Mark. When I first heard the question, no doubt in my mind, the quote that I wanted to give you and remarkably, I can't tell you who the quote is from, but it is, Opportunity Dances with Those on the Dance Floor. Mm, I love that. I love that. How have you incorporated, and I think I know the answer to this, but I always ask it, how have you incorporated that into your life? I have always tried to be bold, bulletproof, what I know is right and the right thing to do, guide me, and usually that puts me in position to be on the dance floor, to be ready, to be available for whatever opportunities show up. Wonderful. That's fantastic. I love that quote. Really great. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? 
Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car gal? <laughs> Why, yes, there is, Mark. <laughs> and, I, and I love to tell the story. Awesome. I was a kid. I was 14 years old. Not so much of a kid that I didn't have a boyfriend, however. And this young man and I decided that we would go to the Lake Garnett Grand Prix. At the time, 1971, Lake Garnett Grand Prix was one of the premier events in the United States. So uh, people like uh, Tullius and uh, Jim Hall and many, many, many famous names in racing would show up at this small state park in northeast Kansas to compete in the Lake Garnett Grand Prix. It was City Park, and they converted it into a Grand Prix course over the over for a weekend. And so this fellow and I were there. I very literally walked through the gate. I stopped and said out loud, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Wow. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you ended up doing it, which is is equally impressive because at 14, especially a young woman, the idea of going to a Grand Prix and then deciding I'm going to be a race car driver is quite something. And then to end up being the president of the SCCA, uh, a group that's been around for a long time, I've been a member for many, many years, is uh, even more impressive. So I, I think that's a fantastic story. And before we ask about a huge challenge or great failure, could you tell me how did you end up being the president of the SCCA? Just a small correction. I never set out to be a race car driver, by the way. And I never set out to be the president of the SCCA either. I had to be convinced to run for the board of directors in 2008 with very, very serious uh, prodding and, and provocation from a couple of people that, that, uh, uh, that, that I very much admired and respected. I ran for the board of directors. I was, I, was on the, I was on the board for six years total. Three of those was as the vice chairman and one year as chairman. We had a president who stepped out of the presidency in uh, uh, 2013, and the board of directors asked me to step in as the interim. Mm-hmm. I did, and it took me a, a few months to decide to throw, to definitely decide to throw my hat in. But it was when I had had three months with this great staff here in here in the Sports Car Club of America's national office that I knew that that I could work with this staff and that we could do something great for motorsport. And I, I know that that sounds very conceited, but these people are so motivated and so forward-thinking, future-thinking, dedicated, that I wanted to be able to give them the ability to take those traits and fly with them, to take that their passion for the future of the sport and to and to help them put that in place. So that's how I became the president of the SEC. <laughs> Great story. I love that. What I'd love to do now, Lisa, is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, or maybe I should say the tracks you've raced around, and crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your entrepreneurial career. The most important part of this question has to do with how you overcame that challenge, and of course, what did you learn from it? It's a little bit of a shared challenge. As I told you at the top of the hour here that Bill and I had uh, started this, or he had actually started it before we before we married, but uh, uh, my late husband, Bill Noble, had uh, Noble Racing. And in 1979, we had a, we had a fire. Uh, it was two days before Christmas in 1979, and it burned our 
race shop and our streetcar shop down. Uh, Bill was was slightly burned, but not not terribly burned. But it it took everything that we had, all of our equipment, all of our race cars, um, customer cars, um, and <laughs> we were going out to buy Christmas gifts that that evening. So in Bill's coat was 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 uh, uh, was cash that he had cashed a check earlier that day that we were going to go out shopping with. And so as we're cleaning this shop up, we're taking shovelfuls of of uh, water-soaked debris and race parts and street parts and you know parts of a Ralt Formula car and parts of 20 Formula B race engines that belong to customers yeah. and sho- shoveling them into the dustbin. Every once in a while, we come across uh, some of these dollar bills. <laughs> oh, gosh. The $100 bills, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh. They, they, were, they were burned. We did, get, we did get some of those back from the bank and from the uh, Department of Treasury. But, but the lesson was that, um, that material things are, are ephemeral, and they don't really mean anything. That, uh, that our customers, our custom, customer service that, that pulled us through this was important. How you treat people. So we replaced each of those engines. It took us a long time, but we did. Curtis Farley's new race, in, race car was burned. We replaced that for Curtis. Didn't, and it never give up. It took us a long time to recover from that. But we didn't ever give up. And we built the business into one of the largest formula car engine, built, engine businesses in, in, in the world. A couple of other lessons, and and, uh, and and those were to be generous. So we we never scrimped or tried to uh, uh, minimize what our obligations were to our customers or to or to each other, and and to be loyal. So we wanted we wanted to be loyal to those customers and to recognize our obligations to them, and and it paid off. As I said, in building a a pretty incredible business following that fire. Wow. Well, first and foremost, thank you for sharing such a personal story. I, I can't even imagine what you guys went through when that happened. I, I've had a couple other guests here on Cars Yeah that have survived through fires, and the story is very much the same, and the lesson is very much the same of what they learn on the other end. Of course, during the process, very challenging. I can't even begin to imagine, but uh, wow. Uh, it did rise like the phoenix out of the ashes, I guess, if you will, and uh, came back even stronger and better and, and understanding a little bit more about life as well. But uh, thank you for that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real aha moment in your entrepreneurial career, if you will, when an idea or a concept you knew was really going to make it. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. I don't know if it was an idea or a concept, Mark, but more a process of how I grew up in business. Uh, like I said, we started with this uh, with the race car business and had the opportunity to sell it. Uh, we we took advantage of that. So here we had to have the fire. We built this incredible business back up. Uh, we were running a three to five car team across the United States. Uh, Multi time championships came out of the shop. Uh, but but um, but we sold it and jumped into the jewelry business. You know, we 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 had very very little background here, but a lot of determination. Mm-hmm. Took those opportunities for for the jewelry business and then sold those and jumped back into the race business. So each of those each of those may have been an aha moment when we realized that this uh, that that we had made our contribution to each of those businesses. 
and that it was time to time to find something new, time to start something new. And that even carries on to this last summer when I sold the race car business again to my longtime employee, Chris Cox. I realized that the time had come, the business had been so good to, to me, to my family, and uh, it, was, it, was it was time to give somebody else a chance at it, somebody, a time for somebody else to make their mark. So I sold this longtime family business again. I think it's great. You know, so much about being an entrepreneur is understanding business and realizing and understanding that moment when it's time to move on, move into something different. Or like you said, the timing was right for your business. Someone came along perfect timing to sell it, go do something new, a new adventure. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And the fact to buy back a business, sell it again, it's all about what business is really about. How about proudest moments? I'm sure you've had so many in this very vast and wide array of careers you've had, but is there one in particular you can share with us that really stands out? That's tough because so many of those have been in racing, but in business, I would I would say... Thinking back to February of 2014, uh, the SCCA, I was interim president. The SCCA had gone out looking for candidates. Uh, they had done a, a, a search for candidates for this job. Uh, in December, I had decided that, that, I, that I wanted to throw my hat in the ring. So at our national convention at this time in 2014, I was to interview. Uh, not only was I to interview for the job, I was also to... Uh, uh, participate in a board of directors meeting. I was also to serve as interim president, which meant presenting at our annual meeting, speaking at our annual meeting, speaking in seminars, and presenting at our hall, our great Hall of Fame ceremony of, of that year. Unfortunately, two nights before I was I was there in Charlotte, North Carolina, but two nights before the interview, I slipped on on an icy city street and broke my arm. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> but I prevailed. I worked through it. For the first interview, I had my sling and cast on, decided that I would take it off for the rest of the weekend because I wanted to be the kind of, I wanted to project and be the kind of president that I wanted my club to have. The, the SCCA is so important to me, and I, and I haven't talked about the SCCA yet, but it has been the, uh, as big an influencer in my life as anything. Uh, it's where I met my husband, how I made my, my living, how I raised my family, etc. So I wanted to project, project the kind of president, presidential person that I wanted to be. So I took my sling off and was there in every way that I could be for the membership. <laughs> and fortunately, that weekend I learned that I had earned the job. And so th that, that truly was a proud moment for me. I'll bet. Now you said you took your sling off. Did you take the cast off too? wasn't casted. Oh. I wouldn't let them cast. <laughs> oh, gosh. You are hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, kudos to you. That is awesome. But I'm, I'm sorry you fell and broke your arm. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. But uh, wow, what a great story. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory you had with that vehicle. Oh, man. <laughs> the first car, that's easy. The first special car was my first car. It was uh, uh, inexplicably my father decided to give me a 1960 Studebaker Hawk 3 GT when I was 14 years old. Oh, wow. But I loved the car. It was dark blue with a white top. And oh, my goodness, it was gorgeous. But I took it out and I wrecked it. Oh. Uh, 
I lived in Wichita, Kansas, grew up in Wichita, Kansas, and there was a main drag. So all the high school kids took their cars out on Friday and Saturday nights, and they dragged Douglas. Well, at 14, I decided that I needed to do this as well. <laughs> it did not go well. Fortunately, uh, I had some very understanding family members who came and rescued me. No police were called, and uh, <laughs> I, never, I never got to drive the Studebaker again. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm sure that wasn't on your resume when you uh, signed up for the SCCA, but 14 years old, drag racing in a Studebaker. Okay, now I'm starting to understand you a little bit better now. Wow, what a story. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you could have back in the garage? The Studebaker. That car, yeah. Oh, uh, I do have another. I have another saying to throw at you. Yes, I never regret a car I bought. Only the ones I sold. <laughs> that is a hundred percent true, except for an old Fiat, and I was never so happy to see the back end of that thing. But the one that I really would like back, just for the chance to to uh, experience it again. It wasn't a particularly hot or expensive car, but it was it was my first hot car, and that was a Mercur XR4Ti. Ooh. The first turbo I owned, and uh, uh, I'd like another shot at that car. I may, I may, I may go online and look for one. Yeah. As, as soon as we hang up. Okay. <laughs> look out eBay. Here we go. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Absolutely, and it, it has to be with work here. Mm-hmm. The SCCA has, uh, is 70 years old. We have great, great competition programs, autocross, road racing, rally, rallycross. And 65,000 members, by the way, we put on 2,000 events a year. Wow. We haven't been so good with bringing, bringing people up our ladder. So what we have, have ended up doing, and in many cases, especially on the road, particularly on the road race side, is shuffling the deck chairs. So uh, working with the same group of participants Pretty much. You know, there's always always new blood, but not enough. Not enough for, for us. We want to grow, grow all of our programs. And so we're, we are broadening our definition of the enthusiast and, and looking at a lot of experiential programs. One of those is called Track Night in America. So this is the SCCA's first venture into track programs. It is a nationally scoped, ge- nationally geographic scoped program. Six months of the year, 20 to 25 tracks across the United States, at every one of those tracks every month, a program that can, in conjunction with our, our sponsor, that will be driv- the program will be driven by our tire rack sponsor. They're a great, great resource for our club and for the, for the motorsport enthusiast. Yep. We'll be able to give people an easy entry, entry into track programs. So uh, at, at about $125 to $150 price point, you get off of work during the week. It does not require a weekend, uh, so it is a very limited time commitment from the enthusiast. You can come to the track. We will train you if you don't know what you're doing. We will mentor you from the minute you you walk in the door. This is not a standard SCCA program, and we hope that it. And oh, and, and by the way, it is. Uh, uh, it also earned an FIA grant. So uh, wow. we we look at this as one of the. Not just for the SCCA, by the way. I think our responsibility is, is wider than that, and that is to grow motor, grow motorsport in the United States as a whole. A rising tide carries all ships. There's another great great quote for you, but it does. It's true. 
So our responsibility is for the sport world countrywide, and we believe this program will do that. Sounds like an awesome program. I love the whole concept of it, the idea of it. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, the organization, Yes Tire Rack, been a lot of money with them, that's for sure. <laughs> Buying pretty much all my tires from them over the years. So fantastic. Now, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? A Formula V. <laughs> why did I kind of <laughs> know you were going to say that? <laughs> Okay, so why do you think that Lisa is a Formula V? Competitive, nimble, uh, nimble on its feet, and fun. Hey, I like that. Perfect. (laughs) We're about to enter the last lap, but before we do, here's a word from our sponsor and Cars Yacht guest, Dwight Knowlton. Carpe Viem, seize the road. It's the motto at carpegear.com, where you'll find the little red racing car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an inspirational award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's car book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the little red racing car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Emilia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand where you can find his book, shirts, and more that embrace his seize the road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E gear.com. Okay, Lisa, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what this means. The white flag is out. Time to really put your foot down, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Sure. All right, here we go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? You're only as good as your last race. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes? I'm fearless. Nice. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you're really fond of? I have to recommend SCCA.com. Our content is increasing daily, and uh, the website will be a very different thing in the next few days, in the next few weeks. Oh, awesome. Well, good. Well, by the time this show airs, everything will be set up and running by then? Uh, Give us another 30 days. Okay. All right. We'll look forward to that. It'll be great. Is there a book that you think the Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy? You know, one of my favorite old books, and, and this is very old school now, but, but as I was talking to the uh, younger members of my staff, I was very surprised that some of them hadn't read it because they are such motorsport gearhead car people. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I'll throw this out to your listeners as well, and I'm sure most of them already know it, and it's Stand On It. You can't have more fun than reading that book. <laughs> yes, it's a great book. I've had a couple of guests here recommend that one. I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources at carsyacom slash Lisa Noble. You talked a little bit about interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars, about sculpture and shooting and archery. Are there some other things that you like to do besides being on the racetrack? I do have a, a wonderful family. My hobbies, my avocations are, are wonderful, but I have a, a daughter, Jamie, who's 35, she grew up at the racetrack and supported us, uh, actually crew chiefed for our team as she got older. 
very, very fortunate to have a wonderful son-in-law, uh, John Gassman, Captain John Gassman, who's in the Army, and and two great-great-grandsons. So um, they're not great-great-grandsons. They're wonderful <laughs> sons. But uh, I have James and, and little Joe. Uh, nothing will please me more than to have them interested in motorsport. Uh, when James comes to the track, he's in charge of my my safety, so he watches my my safety gear, my belts, my uh, helmet, suit, etc., and be sure and is, and is sure that uh, that I'm strapped in correctly. So I think I've gotten him uh, gotten him off to a good start. I think so. A very fortunate lady you are for sure. All right, Lisa, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy for a car person like you. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, and I'll include race car if you'd like, but don't worry about the cost today because I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. Whatever exists out there in the world, I'm going to park it in your garage. What would that one vehicle be and why? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you're going to have to pry it out of uh, Jim Hall's hands. Uh-oh. Because he- He's going to be standing in front of his garage door with a shotgun, too. Uh, yes, uh, Jim from Texas, uh-huh. Yes, gentleman Jim Hall from, from Texas, and it would be a chaparral. There's a couple of them, but for me, it has always been the 2J. Ah. The car with skirts, the car with the adjustable wing. This is the car that truly integrated all of the great creative, innovative elements that he built into the previous cars. And once again, you know, uh, he did what is important to me. He built for the future. So the future of motorsport was truly built at, at that time on his designs, aerodynamics, wind tunnel testing, tire testing, all those kinds of things that, that were never, ever thought of before, he did. And I, I think the 2J, with the skirts on the side, the fans that sucked up, uh, created a vacuum, but were self-leveling, so innovative. That is the car. Yeah, what a wonderful car. You know, I was fortunate to be at the Monterey Historic Races when Jim was there with that car and some of his other cars. And there were some very famous people driving those. I think even Vic Elford might have been driving one of them that day. My memory serves me right. This was a while back, but uh, that car was so cool in so many ways. And as I remember, they brought that to the track, and it was immediately said, uh, "No, you can't bring this back. You're way too successful. You're making everybody look really bad out there." Yeah, very cool car, and I would love nothing more than to get Jim on this show. I've admired him for so long. Uh, when I was a kid, used to build models of his cars, and I was lucky enough to see some of them race way back in the day. So. Very, very good choice. I was hoping you'd pick a race car. Lisa, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the racetrack in that chaparral? I'd like to leave you and your viewers with uh, just three words, and, and, and those are, life is a banquet. Mm, I love that. Can you elaborate on that banquet a little bit? Life is a banquet, and, and you have you have to grab a hold of it you have to participate you have to be on the dance floor you have to be bold and you have you can't i i cannot leave a lead a fearful life i have to i have to uh, embrace opportunities and i appreciate everyone whether it's positive or negative wonderful wonderful inspiration thank you lisa that's awesome what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and the scca scca.com will do the trick all right yeah great website I would encourage our listeners to check it out. If you're not a member, 
really consider joining. I've been a member for, gosh, I think almost 20 years now, and a great organization in so many ways if you love motorsports. Even if you're not out on the track, uh, there's a lot of reasons to be involved, so I encourage our listeners to go there. Lisa, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and for taking some time off here on a Friday to visit with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I enjoyed the ride. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.